people are like, yeah, but, but, but. It's not worth it. Rise up and man up, block, delete, and focus on the people that love you and start reaching more people in the world. Welcome to the Vince Del Monte Podcast Show, where each week we bring you the raw and real experiences, lessons, and timeless principles every man needs to master the five M's of manhood. By sharing conversations with the world's most successful people pursuing the five M's, you'll build muscle faster, achieve a winner's mindset, increase your money, dominate your mission, and go the distance with your marriage. My name is Vince Del Monte, entrepreneur, author, pro fitness model, and father. And I've helped tens of thousands of men transform their bodies and lives through muscle, entrepreneurship, and personal development. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. Hey, it's Vince Del Monte, and before we dig in, I just want to give you a heads up with what's happening on the next few episodes with the Vince Del Monte podcast show. Last Friday, I was interviewed by six different individuals, and every podcast was uh, awesome. Simply high-quality content, lots of different conversations, primarily around entrepreneurship, how to attract your dream clients, how to sell, how to service, how to take your online business to six figures, seven figures, mindset. And this episode today is with an individual I met at Brandon Carter's Fit Pro U event a few months ago in New York City. We connected quickly. He's an awesome, awesome dude with an incredible story. He's gone through a lot of trials and tribulations. And we were going to do two separate podcast, me interviewing him and then him interviewing me. And we said, Hey man, let's just interview each other in the same call. And in this call, we dug into everything around entrepreneurship, how he built up a seven figure, seven figure brand, his mindset, how he got through some really tough times. And I think you're going to find it extremely helpful. Our guest today is AJ Merzard. He lives in New York city and he will be joining us at our New York city mastermind in November. So for all my coaching clients listening or anybody who's sitting in at that mastermind, you guys are going to get to meet him. So listen to this podcast. Be sure to uh, follow him and uh, shoot him a DM and just say, hey man, really enjoyed uh, the value you dropped. It's a really fun back and forth conversation. And I think you're going to see a lot of similarities that are going to help you release the wealth limiters in your brain that are preventing you from getting to the next level. Enjoy the show. All right. Super excited today. This is something that I usually don't do, and my man Vinny doesn't typically do. This is a pure organic flow of consciousness, mm-hmm. and we have both similar businesses. We serve a similar clientele, and this will be a great insight on different philosophies, how they differ, how they connect, but most importantly, all philosophies end up in the same place. So before I kick things off, I want to introduce my man, Vince Del Monte, who is a legend in the fitness industry. And I remember myself coming up, seeing him rise to the top was very inspiring. And he's really led the way, known as the, the skinny Vinny. That's what stands out. But over time, he's built a successful fitness business. He's a pioneer doing a lot of things, bringing it to the industry. Then he scaled into business coaching, developing a mastermind. And I had the pleasure of seeing Vinny speak about two months ago at our mutual friend, Brandon Carter's seminar. He had a powerful presentation. His presentation actually lit a fire under my ass to not get comfortable. And I was just so excited to chat with him. And I'm like, instead of just having a deep conversation, let's record it and share it with the world. So thanks for being on here, Vince. 
Oh, AJ, man. It's a pleasure, man. Yeah. I'm so glad we connected in New York city, man. You had the uh, audience's full attention, undivided attention. It's, it's a challenging thing to do with uh, all the raha. And uh, it, it, I'm always listening to the guys who actually give tangible advice, implementable advice, things that you can do, you know, by the end of the talk to put money in your bank account. And uh, you're one of the guys that uh, was given those, those specific action steps. So man, I appreciate you too. And uh I'd love to just dig in and kind of understand, you know, as you mentioned, we're doing a co-interview here today for my podcast as well. And, uh, you know, I know we want to talk a lot about storytelling and uh, how to become a legitimate uh, personal brand, authority figure, influencer, celebrity leader, whatever word resonates with you. And there's a number of steps, but uh, before we kind of go into the uh, strategies, what, what are some of more like where are your core beliefs at like building a successful and profitable online business? What has to be at the core of your DNA for any of the tactical strategic stuff to even, you know, have impact? That's a great question. And I'm sure a question you get often as well is, you know, how do I become successful online? Let's say you're a personal trainer, uh, trading hours for dollars and you want to build a profitable, high integrity, long-term online business. And they say, what is the one skill that I must master? And the thing that comes up for me often is communication. I realize how important communication is from a core foundational level, but also communicating your business model. What I mean by that is I myself had a lot of struggles with communication. I was always very shy and introverted. And growing up, I actually stuttered for the first 20 years of my life. And I knew that for me to build a personal training business initially, I had to inspire my clients into action, right? Because I'm a commodity. There's so many personal trainers that, that people could pick from. They were looking at, okay, mm-hmm. I want to lose weight. So what's your nutrition, your exercise? I mean, all that, all that good stuff. But what allows you to differentiate yourself is your communication, your personality. And when I think about the, the bigger picture of marketing as well, your lead generation is your communication, right? Understanding your prospects, fear, frustrations, dreams, desires, being able to communicate that, writing compelling copy, creating powerful videos, uh, just like you do a lot of uh, public speaking, attracting those clients into your world, seeing eye to eye, then you have sales, which is communication, enrolling someone in a vision bigger than themselves and getting them to invest in you. If you could get someone to take money from their wallet and put in yours, you're a powerful influencer and that requires world-class communication. But most importantly, I feel like even the delivery element of it, right? Getting results for your clients, whether you're coaching them, running a mastermind, creating eBooks, writing best-selling books, all of them have that, that similar thread within. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I, um, <clears throat> I can re- really resonate with the communication piece because I listened to a great interview just the other day on Power Players with Grant Cardone and Ryan Dyson. You know, they were saying, you know, how do you compete with Amazon? I mean, anything that you want to buy information wise is like, you can get it for pennies. I mean, you can download the knowledge that we're sharing right now. You can download a lot of the information we're sharing at our masterminds, inner business events on Amazon for $2. So how do you compete? And you hit it. You said they didn't use the word communication, but it's the same word. They said it's engagement, okay. uh, having a relationship with somebody and having a, uh, a deep bond with somebody that you trust because they've been where you've been and they're now where you want to be. And people, uh, you had a great phrase before we hit the camera. I don't want to steal from you. Um, a great quote. Um, 
that kind of sums this all up, but people want to do business with celebrities. How did you say it? What was, a, what was that quote? Yes, the, the great Dan Kennedy. Uh, he says that uh, in all his years of uh, consulting, teaching marketing and copywriting, he says, the higher up the income ladder you go, you get paid for who you are and not what you do. And if you mm. think about, you know, the Trumps and the Kardashians from a celebrity space, right. you see that they just show up, you know, and they get paid for it. They don't have uh, many specific skill sets, but even within our industry, when you look at the, you know, the, 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 the million dollar earners, I mean, right. we're all teaching uh, the same thing essentially, but it's our the personality-based marketing. Let's pick that apart, man. Let's kind of look at some commonalities that, you know, Donald Trump, the Kardashians, like, so what's one thing that, you know, the first thing I think of these guys uh, uh, is that they have attention. You know, what do you think, what do you think the most important thing is? What do you, so what does the celebrity actually have? Is it their looks? Is it the, you know, what is it that they have that is making them successful? I think it's attention. Yeah, I agree. I, I, attention is definitely the word that comes up. Uh, something else that's coming up is that they're very polarizing. Oh, you know, interesting. Insane mm. level of love mm. and some level of hatred for them, you know, to the point where they get death threats. And yeah. you know, I, mean, I, I can't imagine Donald Trump's email inbox. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. What's going on right now? Yeah. So, okay, that's cool. What, like, so they've got attention. They've, they're polarizing. Um, I would say they also stand for something. Mm. They have very strong. They have very strong beliefs. It's kind of similar. Their beliefs might be polarizing, but they don't water down their message. It's this is this is it. It's you know like if it's like a vegan, right? Mm. You know you're not going to ever get them to eat any. You're not going to get them to eat meat because it's their belief that the meat's bad or whatever. And you have to have those polarizing beliefs. And I think a lot of people don't know what they believe at their core. Yeah. And, they, and they're too wishy-washy on what they stand for. They don't want to, you know, yeah, I guess you could get fat loss results. Like, you know, if you do a bit of flexible dieting, a bit of intermittent fast, a bit of, it all works. You just, nobody wants to hear that message. They want to hear Brandon Carter say, it's keto all the way. And if you're not doing the keto thing, man, you're not going to get the abs. Because people are indecisive. People are like, yeah, but that's, people are looking for leaders. People are looking for people that are clear and that are on a path and there's no deviation because people don't want to be led by uh, somebody who's going to lead them off the side of a cliff. You know, they want to be, they want to be herded, if you will, like a sheep because most people live their life and I'm not calling everybody a sheep, but I mean, I'm a sheep. I need a coach because I'll start blah, blah. I'll start going off my own different paralysis. I, I need to get, I need a, I need the sheep to take the stick and say, get back. We're going, th- you're, we're going this way. You're going about to walk off the side of the cliff. And we need people like that in our lives. And that's really what these guys are. They're leaders. Yeah. A uh, powerful leader, a communicator that comes to mind is uh, Martin Luther King. Mm. He has a great quote that he literally died for. He says, if a man is not fit, to die for something, then he is not fit to live. Mm, and that level of conviction of dying, because I, I just thought about this um, fitness celebrity, I'm not gonna mention their name, but they were very contradictory. They were uh, big on this type of specific diet, you know, if it fits your macros, and then they, they, they flip it the mm. following time, and that contradiction breaks trust, and right now we're right. in the industry of trust building. Yeah, yeah, let, let's talk about, okay, so, that, that, that's really good. What, what are the things that, 
um, are core to your beliefs. So communication, but what's something else? Like where's my head got to be at? I'm coming into the social media space. It's 2018. We've got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We know all the big gurus in the fitness space and the business space. Where does my head need to be to build a successful and profitable, whether let's think somebody, let's think six to seven figures a year. Let's just work with that kind of metric. What do, where does my head need to be getting started? Yeah, that's a great question. So of course, you know, we could go into um, the understandings of building a successful online business where, where you're focusing on a specific niche, you have different marketing systems, you have a warm up process, a sales funnel, various ways to deliver your, 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 your coaching. But the one thing that came to me immediately was kind of like what brings me back on a daily basis when I think about being in this industry for 12 years and having the consistency over time. Because I've seen, we've both seen a lot of people come and go. Mm-hmm. And I think that the philosophy of doing two things consistently over years, decades, is the simplicity of just adding massive value mm. and making aligned offers. You know, mm. uh, the great Jim Rohn, his, his quote uh, stands forever in my head just about, you want to make more money, add more value by mm. adding value to the marketplace. Mm. It has no choice but to reward you with income and opportunity and people possibilities. So I'm in a place when I have a slump, you know, let's say I have a seminar and uh, the, the pitch fails and I get down <laughs> on myself. I have a bad month of sales. My account gets shut down. Whatever the yeah. case is, all these things that happen with business, I just uh-huh. go back to my core belief. Every single day, if I just focus on adding massive value to my audience and making aligned offers, then I'll never have a problem. I love it. So, so what's your primary form of value creation? Are you doing your podcast? You, where, 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 do, where can people find, where are you showing up consistently to create the value? Yes. Uh, so, I, you know, I believe in creating uh, content in all different modalities. You know, let's say if you have video, audio, and text. So right now we're on a podcast, whether you're watching this through video, on YouTube, or on my Facebook, IGTV, then the podcast on iTunes. And then uh, oftentimes I will transcribe my videos and content into text for my email list, for my blog, for my Facebook post. So I would say that if I had a gun to my head and had to pick one primary piece of content, it would be video. I feel that I'm the best at video. Mm-hmm. I've done over a thousand of them for over the past 10 years, but um, be quite honest, right now it's just repurposing the video and turning it into audio and the text. Gotcha. That, that's really cool. Uh, where do you think people should concentrate? Do you feel like there's a preferred platform um, despite being good at something that you just, you need to get good at it regardless? Like, I don't care if you suck at video, you got to get good at video. Or do you think, you know, don't feed your weaknesses? What, what do you think? You know, that's a great question and something I, I've thought about a lot just because um, they're saying that a lot of the social media channels are going towards video. They say, I think by 2020, uh, Facebook's going to be like 90% video. In fact, they're, they're making the text uh, shorter and shorter, kind of like Twitter and limiting the characters. However, I think about uh, one of my favorite authors, uh, Robert Greene, Mm. who is a phenomenal writer. He's like world-class. 
And if he was forced to do video, I don't think he would connect as much. No, Interesting, you, yeah. You know what I mean? So, really, like Seth Godin or, uh, you know, Mal- Maxim- Malcolm Gladwell. Like, there's some, like, very um, – even a guy I learned from Tom Purvis, he's just brilliant, but he's so dry. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, what, but, I'm curious your philosophy on that. Do you feel uh, someone should master all more data ladies or – I like, I like video, man. I, I mean, I actually just got off the phone with um, Mike Matthews and he's the um, uh, CEO of Legion Supplements and he built uh, an incredible uh, fitness brand. He's got some of the top selling uh, fitness books on Amazon, uh, bigger, stronger, leaner, stronger, bigger, leaner, stronger. And uh, he did it all off articles. His wow. website, you know, he's got one of the biggest fitness websites and they get an enormous amount of traffic and they just committed to doing deep work on super high quality articles that are fact checked and lots of references. They're these definitive guides. And so I see, I see different models working. I feel like whatever model you do, you've got to be the best at Like you can't, you've got to be, you got to commit to being first or second. Uh, I feel like when the next economy crashes, the next you know crashing economy occurs, the only guys that are going to get out from underneath it, or not get out from underneath it, but will thrive right through it, will be first and second. So if you're going to do article writing, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that, but you've got to be the best. You've got to be examined.com, you know what I mean, for supplements. You know, if you're going to do videos, you've got to look at Grant Cardone. He's doing you know five shows a week, live, every day, 12 o'clock, like a real show. I watch his show religiously more than I watch like series on Netflix, like more than like, you know, Game of Thrones, Billions and Grant Cardone. That's like, he's competing with Billions and and Game of Thrones now, you know, I'm like, and Narcos, I like Narcos too. So I'm like, he's, I'm like, and he says it, he says it on the show. One of the reasons we do this show is to show you what you guys need to do to be in business. So, you know, we're starting to think, you know, what does that look like in the next year? I need to turn this into a studio. I need cameras. I need to increase my expenses to get, uh, to do the lives. So I think video is really powerful primarily because, um, I'm a big fan of Frank Kern and, um, you know, I know Frank Kern's good friends with my coach, Pedro Skoulian. And one of the things, uh, he first taught me when I started growing my coaching program was to do consistent Instagram lives and consistent Facebook lives. Because what's really cool about that is, um, the goal of these lives is not to sell, it's to teach. And, uh, Frank Kern calls it intentional branding. So you're showing up consistently like a show and you're on these networks that have, uh, you can say as much as you want, <laughs> you can say anything you want and the bill is zero. <laughs> yes. It's free. So obviously we don't leave it at that. We know that these platforms throttle your traffic. So we boost it, you know, mm. and we, we boost it and we get it in front of our, you know, a lookalike audience. We can start targeting other pages. We can target our competitors. We can target our colleagues. We can target people that our fans have seen us, um, you know, you know, I would target you, you know, I would, I would have my stuff because people like, Oh yeah, I heard Vince on AJ's podcast and Oh, here he is again. So, you know, I would be targeting people that I have been seen with. So it's not cold, they're warm, but they're not hot yet. And in these videos, what I would be doing is just teaching one point per video. And it would just be an actionable point. You know, if it was fitness, it'd be like, all right, guys, I'm going to give you guys the best rep scheme to build your biceps. 
All right, 8816. You've got to do the 8816 drop set. All right, here's how to do it. That would be the video. Yes. All right, and then if it was fitness, then we would retarget them with a 60 second promotional video that is, hey, go buy my free book or get free, free plus shipping, you know, so go, go buy my book. And it's, uh, and they're like, yeah, this is the guy that helped me with my biceps. He helped me with my triceps. He helped me with my abs. He helped me with my mindset. Oh, cool. And that's what I would be doing uh, right now. Like CNN or ESPN or vice or Netflix gave you a swat on their platform and said, Hey, what do you want to start posting on our network? And I would treat it like that. And I would show up, I would do these videos for three to 10 minutes every day of the week. And then I'd find a badass media buyer, a Facebook ads guy, Instagram ads guy. And I would retarget everybody with a promotional video back to your sales page or your application or to whatever your primary flagship program is. And that one strategy will make you money hand over fist. Mm. I love that. Love that. That's, that, that's pretty much what we're doing right now to grow the coaching program. Yeah. Yeah. It just brings you back to, uh, Grant Cardone's, uh, 10X rule, you know, and yeah. reading that book many years ago, I was in a tough spot in my business and everything you're saying right now is aligned to his philosophy, just based on, you know, working 10 times more than your competition, putting out more content, adding more value and being omnipresent, which yeah. is a great thing you're talking about with the retargeting, you know, it's just this ability where obviously everyone is getting marketed too, but there's this level of, omnipresence when you have the person who's adding value to you in every different platform and following across the internet, just giving to you. Yeah. It just, it, it just connects with you more than anything. Yeah. You, you got to have a long-term mindset. I had a, a really profound conversation with Bedros the other day and uh, you know, I'm starting to have conversations around how to intentionally grow my Instagram page with highly targeted followers uh, you, we're not doing these like Instagram shout outs with people that got NDAs. You end up getting, you know, 15,000 people following your page from some beauty girl shout out and you end up getting 15,000, 14 year old girls who speak Spanish who've now just cluttered your feed and just destroyed your engagement. So I'm talking about, you know, how do you get the right people to follow you? And, um, he just said, you've got to invest into uh, spending the same amount on a follower on Instagram as you would on an email address mm. because like email deliverability, I'm a product of like, you know, I built my brand off of email, yeah. email deliverability and we still use email, but it is, it's getting tough. You know, we've got, you know, I'm friends with Joe Mary and we've got, you know, we use the software to, you know, try and get into Gmail updates and primary tab instead of Gmail promotions, but it is really challenging we are not getting the same results from email that we got many, many years ago. And I haven't ever looked at buying followers. When I say buy followers, I mean run ads to people who have to engage with the ad and then click the follow button themselves. So I just want to be very clear. We're, we're talk, when I say buy followers, I mean we're running ads. So people are volunteering to like the page and it's not because we're giving away a free TV this week. It's because we're giving a free lead magnet that would resonate with the problem they have. So these, that's what I mean by highly targeted. Yes. All right. There, there's a lot of people on Instagram who will say, Hey, do you want a shout out from a bunch of followers? And they're all influencers and they can't tell you who they are. And they, uh, 
we'll send you a lot of followers and their logic is people are more likely to follow follow your page if you have 100,000 fans versus 30,000 fans. And I challenged them. I said, yeah, but they'll be following your page based on metrics, not based on message. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and I said, don't get me wrong. I totally agree that if you have a bigger following, yes, people are going to be quicker to click that follow button. But if that's the majority of people that are following your page, you're actually going to hurt your page in the long term because Absolutely. the next thing you know, you've got a million followers and you're getting 30 comments a post. Yes, I know a few pages like that. And, uh, <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> and, uh, you, know, you look at you have a million followers and you have 500 likes on your photo. Something doesn't add up. Yeah, so, so what, I'm, what I'm talking about here is playing the long game. And to go back to the conversation I was having with Bedros was that, you know, I told him, you know, he pushed me to say, you know, you got to spend this kind of money each day. And I'm like, really? That's a lot. He's like, you have to invest the money today because these are the people that will be doing business with you in two to three years from now. And most entrepreneurs don't have that mindset. It's the whole thing in fitness. People want to get a six pack in, in, in six days. Well, the truth is, it's probably going to take you six years to not just get lean, but to get lean and stay lean the rest of your life because there's all these different habits and things that, so, so nobody, nobody's going to buy the six year program though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to buy the six year six pack program, but really that's what people should be selling the six year six pack program because that's how long it takes to break all your habits to lose the fat and keep it off for good. So I was thinking the same thing in business. I tell my guys, you know, my coaching program, the commitment should be three years. It's a one-year commitment, but I'm thinking to myself, I wouldn't be able to sell a three-year minimum commitment, but I'm telling them, you've got to be prepared to front load time, effort, and money for a long time with no guarantee of any return. Like, there might be a zero return. You yes. might have to tell you, I, you get, your wife's going to say, when's the return? You have to tell her there might not be a single penny. We might, they're not, there's no guarantees here. I could tell you what some other guys have done and there's a good, good chance if you take action where that might will likely not happen, but there's no promises here. That's, that's a great point. And, um, what, what's coming up right now is, is like a major theme of, of just longevity, consistency, and, 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 you know, sustainable business because, um, I, last week I, I celebrated my, my 11 years of, of being a business owner. Mm. And I would say that in that first decade, I learned so much. But at the same time, I've seen so many people come and go. And you were talking about being the best, being the best. Of course, being the best, being sustainable. And when I look at my students, oftentimes I see these, uh, these stories that they have, you know, where they take things so personally. And then mm. you experience the dips. Mm. The dips are scary, right? And we've experienced so many dips, but we kept on overcoming them. The dips are great sometimes, too, because it allows you to innovate or dig down deep and fix some systems what have you. So I would like to talk about that. People that want to have a long game, build a sustainable business for decades. And what, what are the key attributes? You know, because um, I think is, is the statistics, right? Well, first yeah. of all, I think like uh, most businesses fail after three years. And yeah. less than 3% of businesses make it past a seven figure mark. So it's kind yeah. of like scary world yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. I think most are like out of business within eight years or so. Cardone was talking about us. Yeah, it's not that long. 
it's not that long. Well, you know, I think um, there's a number of things. And it's funny you said that you've seen a lot of people. I want to keep the conversation positive, but I've seen a lot of people. I'm going to say this um, maybe a little bit out of spite, but um, I've seen a lot of guys come after me since 2006. Wow. And they, they haven't attacked they personally attacked Vince Del Monte for being a scam artist, for being um, an aggressive marketer, for preaching bro science, wh- whatever. And I think the biggest mistake you can make, and I think most people listening to this um, know this, but I want to reaffirm that attacking people is not a business model. Mm. Oh, I have a lot to say about this, but yes. Do not attack people, all right? Do not do response videos saying any – if you want to truly be – if you want to be taken seriously by people outside of high school, all right, that don't live in their mom and dad's basement and play video games, you have to teach people how to grow. When you – Take an audience and you use that audience to get views and just attack people. It's the equivalent of taking a baseball bat to a Mercedes Benz. Mm. You're going to get the wrong audience. You're just going to create a ton of negativity and you're just going to train these people to not think. And it's the same way you would raise a three-year-old. It's the same way I raised my son, John Luca. Gianluca, don't do this. Gianluca, don't do that. It's the same way I raised my five-year-old. Melia, stop hitting your brother. Melia, you've got to finish your food. No, you're not teaching them how to become an adult. How do you grow up a kid? You teach them what to do. You tell them, Melia, this is your brother. You represent our family, and we don't hit back. You come to mommy and daddy, and you let us handle it. Because a good girl respects her mommy and daddy. You, you teach them what to do. You don't tell them what not to do. And I think great leaders are people that are helping people grow. You know, in business, you're going to help them make more money. In fitness, you're going to get them more ripped. You're going to get them more, you're going to get them stronger. So I think your, your business model has to be revolved around growth and evolution um, and evolving. and and. Because you're competing against guys who are heavily investing into themselves who are on tilt. You and me, we're, who knows how much we spend combined on personal growth, on seminars, getting around coaches. How is that guy going to compete with us when his business model is just on critiquing people? The real people who value investing are going to go to the guys that are actually teaching and coaches. So the teachers make all the money. it's it's a kind of a paradox because, you know, in in academics, teachers make less money than obviously a fraction compared to entertainers. But the teachers, the educators who are celebrity figures are the people that make the most money. So you've got to combine the celebrity status. And when you're on, you've got to be giving. I've gone to three Grant Cardone events in the last year and they're the same seminar, but at every event we work through the same notebook. I got this notebook twice. I'm going to go get it again. But when he teaches it, he's using different examples, new stories from relevant events that happened before since the last event. I'm like, this is the guy. Yeah. This is the guy. So you have to become a trusted coach and a trusted coach is investing into himself. He's teaching 
He's getting mentored by others and his audience is on a growth path. All right. If your audience is not on a growth path, you will be out of business two, three years by self-sabotage. That is so powerful. Yeah. I literally published a video about this the other day. Uh, it was along the lines of the Steve Martin quote, you be so good, you can't be ignored. And if you're putting all of your effort in being the best, getting your clients results, innovating, working on your performance, your communication, um, that's the best use of your energy. Mm-hmm. However, you have people that build businesses based on slander, shit talking, this person is a scammer, they're not you know, using signs, they're bro science, what have you. And what that does, it attracts more people like that, right? Because mm-hmm. you're not going to attract winners, you're going to attract more shit talkers. And yeah. I can't imagine the clientele that invests in your programs when all you're doing is shit talking about other coaches, other, yeah. other philosophies. I don't, I'm done. No, no, no point on naming them, but I've been attacked over the years by um, um, like one, two, uh, four very prolific people who've had big followings, they're all gone. Wow. Um, one of the guys exited YouTube. Another one who always criticized me for selling information products. And, and it's not even any point in going into like the, the stupidity of the attack. Uh, a couple years later, he sent a letter apologizing because he went into business selling information products too. <laughs> Another guy, um, started asking for money from his audience because YouTube started throttling the views. I don't know if you know, like, you know, recently everybody's views on YouTube have suffered. The Patreon he, he's, not, he's, he's not able to make money now from the YouTube ads that he was getting. So he's pretty much begging his audience to start sponsoring him so he could continue nice. making ads. And like these guys, like, what do you guys, they're just, they kill. And I'm only saying this because I see even a couple guys, they get caught up in the wrong things and they, 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 they don't understand. It's like a marriage. Um, I remember right before I got married, an old man overheard a conversation in the post office and he came up to me and he said, so you're getting married, eh, son? And I said, yeah. He goes, can I give you some advice? <laughs> I said, yes, please. He was an older gentleman and he leaned in and he said, Vince, I got my name. He goes, you can either be right or you can be happy, <laughs> but you can't be both. Mm. And I took that advice into my marriage. It's probably some of the best marriage advice I've ever got. And then I look at this now in context of business and I, I say this, you can be right or you can be rich. Mm. But you, you can't be both. Because the haters are going to say this, this, and this. And if you spend your whole day trying to change their minds, it's never going to happen. And you're going to lose sight of your vision and you're never going to have that impact. So you can either be right or you can be rich. (laughs) And this is is why all the science guys are broke. Yeah. This is why the science guys don't like the marketers because they want to be right. Their currency is ego. Mm. Which is which is fine. It's why they all smarter than you. I'm more factual. So you have to get clear on what am I trying to achieve, you know. And number one rule of sales: always agree. All right, you're never going to change their mind, anyways. 
agree, present, then close. So yeah, if somebody wants to attack me, I'll say, uh, yeah, your pre-workout's expensive, Vince. I know. It's the most expensive pre-workout on the market. That was the intent. But here's what you get. And if you do the four, six bottle option, it comes out to two bucks a serving, which is on average the same as all the other products on. You know what I'm saying? So yes. agree, present, close. That's what a professional does. And a professional focuses on growing his audience and helping the people that are there understanding that if you divert your attention to these idiots, your audience will lose trust with you thinking, yes. why are you wasting your time with these guys? If I saw Bajos and Craig, my coaches getting in debates online, I would not renew with them next year when they offer me to join the coaching program again. Cause I'm like, their head's somewhere else. Yeah. And I've made this mistake. I'm an emotional guy. I need to be trained and I've got caught up in the, in the, tit for tat Back and, and my coach will send me a message and say Vinny I got to kick your ass right now you got to stop doing this just block delete I'm like oh man I got sucker to get like yeah. so I've got room to improve in this I saw so I'm, I'm sharing this because I understand the struggle if people are like yeah but 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 exactly, it's yeah. not worth it rise up and man up block delete and focus on the people that love you and start reaching more people in the world well said I couldn't agree with you more and uh, one thing that, that I have a question for you about was momentum. Do you mm -hmm. feel it exists? And yeah. how can one gain momentum? Do you, have, you, have you heard Alex Sheffrin talk about this? Yes, yes, the entrepreneur, yes. I was actually in a mastermind with him. And I, I, when he first came with his whole philosophy about the momentum, how to decrease the friction, increase it. Yes, I'm familiar with the philosophy. You know, I just heard him. I never knew who he was. I just heard him speak at um, the Archangel Summit uh, about two weeks ago in Toronto. And it was a fascinating conversation. And uh, he, he has a, a whole thing on the four different entrepreneur types. Yes. And, um, you know, one of the things that entrepreneurs strive for, us entrepreneurs feel most alive when there's momentum. Mm. And he made like a graph where um, – basically going one way is um, uh, time and then another one are your skills going up and then he, you know, did a line, you know, a, a, a diagonal line and then he showed one going straight, like kind of steep and then a one, another one not as steep and then he created a line in between this representing the gap. So, yeah. so the gap, the gap between what your, um, what you want to contribute and what you're actually contributing Right. So, so us entrepreneurs, we experience anxiety when there's a gap, mm. when we're like, you know, like, you know, like I bet the one thing that what keeps you more stressed than anything else when you know, you're not living up to your full potential. Yeah, you, you're like, we should be spending more on ads right now. Yeah. We should be, we should be pumping out more content. We should be collaborating with bigger names. Like, so this creates stress and anxiety and he explained that entrepreneurs, um, have this built into them is just the way we are. It's the reason why we can't focus ever. It's why we scare the crap out of our friends when we're in a conversation and we're always talking about the future and they're like, why can't you just talk about today and right now? And it's why we're weird. And it's why we're, we're, we're different and people don't get us. And uh, we're, we're called intense. I remember a girl, uh, she didn't want to date me because after six months, she says, why are you so intense? Oh, yes, yes. Why do you always have to talk about, why do we always have to talk about our goals? And I couldn't give her a good answer. 
I said, it is a, I'm like, I don't know. Why do we have to, why do we always have to talk about our goals? And I thought there was something wrong with me. I didn't discover this for 10 years later that I'm an evolutionary hunter. Mm. That's what he, that's his term. I'm a, I'm a a hunter. Yeah. I have to be moving towards something, which is why entrepreneurs feel the most alive when there's momentum. And uh, when there's not that sense of like progress, like sales are coming in or something is moving in the right direction, that's when the stress comes. That's when the frustration, that's when the anxiety comes. And that's where you start, you know, making bad decisions. And um, I can complete, I completely, I'm a huge believer in momentum. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the reason why I bring it up is I, I believe in it as well. And obviously there, there are times of great momentum and progress and opportunities abundance and then there's the slow seasons mm. winter the famine yeah. dips mm. and i feel that people listening to this in different stages uh-huh. you know, suffer the same pain you have the person who's starting and maybe a, a year into their business they're having a few bad months or they're way past us they're 30 40 years into their business and they're not passionate about it and it's not mm. fulfilling them so i'm curious like what do you do in those famine months or when you have a big dip in your business, a major loss, how do you regain momentum, get out of the slump? I love the season analogy, by the way. I think the big thing is to ensure you're not confusing the season with the climate. Mm. I would love for you to go deeper with that. I I I think you just got to realize, I live in Canada, man. The winters suck. The winters suck. Yeah. But you got to, you know, unless you go down to Florida You've got December to April of crappy weather. And I think you just have to realize that businesses go through crappy weather. Why are you surprised? It's like you're free. It's like winter comes along and you hear the guy, oh, it's so cold. You've been living here for 50 years. <laughs> you haven't figured that out yet? You're in Canada. It gets cold in the winters. The winters are bad. Like, oh, it's so bad here. Uh, no kidding. This is what it's supposed to be like. Oh, it's so hot in the summer. Like, are you surprised? You live in Florida. Of course it's hot. So I think it's kind of more of an expectation. It's, it's more of like understanding that everything goes in peaks and valleys, right? For different reasons. I, I do believe, you know, there's a higher power at work here who is trying to help us yes. become the best versions of ourselves. And the number one lesson God uses uh, to develop us are experiences. You know, God puts tests, he puts trials into your life to grow you, mm. right? And, you know, I heard this actually at our church. Our pastor said, um, comfort is not from God. Wow. Com- comfort's actually from the devil. Yeah, because I remember you shared that at a Brandon seminar, and I, I could, I've been thinking about it since then. I think it's fascinating, like... <laughs> God cares about you so much or higher power. I believe that um, I believe, I believe in a God that cares, cares and loves about us so much that he won't leave us the same. And sometimes he has to send some tough times. Sometimes he has to send some storms for us to get through so that we can get out of our slump and become bigger and stronger. He has to put some weight on us. It's like the gym. You're not going to get the arms bigger curling 25s. He's going to say, one day you're going to go to the gym, the 25s are going to be gone. You got to pick up the 30s now. All right? So we have to understand that the purpose of life is growth and constant 
improvement. And oftentimes, if you're going through a rough patch, you don't want to look at it as a good thing or a bad thing. So you want to look at it as a good thing. Yeah. You know? There's yeah, a reason for me. It's hap- There you go. It's happening for you, not to you. I just, I just thought about a, a really vulnerable post that I shared. And I say, I've been holding the publish button for literally months because I moved into my dream house uh, two years ago. And uh-huh. the moment I moved in, it was the greatest accomplishment of my life, right? Living in this, this million dollar mansion. I made it. I grew up very poor. Uh-huh. Four of us living in a one bedroom apartment. My parents were immigrants. We didn't have a lot of money. So it was this big goal of my lifelong goal. And then at that month that I moved in, the following month, I had my biggest seminar ever, the biggest month in sales ever mm-hmm. going through my merchant account. It was the greatest moment of my mm-hmm. life. I was mm-hmm. on a high. I made it. Mm-hmm. Shortly after, I started dipping down and I went into the deepest depression of my life. And mm-hmm. I felt like everything that I ever wanted, I had million dollar business, living mm-hmm. in a mansion, Bentley convertible, best seminar of my life. Everything was so great on the external, but internally I was suffering. I went into this deep, dark depression and I went into bad habits of the past. I started heavily drinking, self-medicating. I felt so lonely in this big ass house and I don't know what to do because everything externally was going good in my business, but internally I was, I was boiling. I was, I was suffering and it was in those moments that I realized, yeah, comfort is the devil. I did become comfortable and I kind of felt like, what else is next? Do I have to get a Lamborghini? Do I have to strive for to getting a private jet? Do I need to create more? And yeah. it was this disconnection. And it was the worst few months of my life because I was silent about it. I, mm. I, for the first time ever, I, I publicly shared this. I you know, called for help. I got a therapist. Mm. I went into a detox. I mm. connected with God and I wanted to, to live and learn from this. And why is this happening for me? That was a mm. question. Right? What's good about this? What am I grateful for? And, and after some deep introspection, it was, I, it was literally a lot of it was communication because I was hiding this from the world. My business was still striving. I was still getting results. Um, I was just scared to share it, you know, but a lot of it was being comfortable, not having this bigger goal outside of myself and asking for the answers, asking for the strength to just understand, to get through this. Then I started to, to, to put the puzzle piece together. Yeah. Yeah, so, so what did you do? The biggest thing was communication. So I started to open up to my closest friends and family members and told them what I was dealing with, this depression I can't get out of. And of course, they were like, hey, stop drinking, stop self-medicating, I get a therapist. And for the first time in my life, I hired a therapist and it was just having a weekly call of someone who does not know who I am, doesn't know anything about me and I could open up vulnerably and they're just asking me questions, not giving me advice. Those therapy sessions, I was unfolding a lot of trauma from childhood, a lot of things that I thought money could cover up. And the money obviously was making me comfortable, but it was these deep-seated traumas that I had to work on myself. And again, it was knowing that I cannot do this by myself. So connecting with the higher power, connecting with my friends and family, a therapist, and just starting the healing journey and also the bigger understanding that my identity is not just an entrepreneur. I cannot get my satisfaction by my money account, my bank account at the end of the month, how many sales I make, 
that's a part of my identity and, and also mm-hmm. being a person who's fit. You know, when I gain body fat or I'm losing muscle, that identity of a fit person is destroyed. So I started to really second guess and, and analyze of where, where I get my identity from. And I realized I'm far beyond being just a man, a fitness professional, an entrepreneur. I'm way bigger than that. And once I started to understand the truth of who I am, all of a sudden I realized that these little dips, like I said, the climate changes in these areas of my life, I'm not going to suffer because I'm not getting all of my worth from this one area. That's fantastic. Yeah. A great line is, um, you know, I really try to resonate with is your identity are not your issues. And and sometimes we can hold way too close to things that have happened to us that, uh, they, they almost become a state of, um, dysfunctional comfort where we, um, let those experiences, those past things dictate, you know, how we're now going to respond moving forward. So, so it's, it's tough. I think you need a lot of some outside eyes to kind of help you get through some of those tough moments. People that know you have seen you at your best. And that's kind of how I got reconnected with coaching this past year. Uh, Cause I was, um, I've never been against coaching, but somehow I let myself fall out of a coaching program. And uh, when I was plugged in, it's when I was doing the best and I had people that knew me, I had those outside eyes express um, concern, you know, well-concerned, you know, you know, concern, uh, well-intent, intended concern, not just to get me in their coaching program to get the money, but because they saw that I wasn't living up to my potential and they knew that I was far from it. So they were to call me out. And I think you really need those, you know, you need to set your life up in a way where people, where you're teachable and where people feel free to speak into your life. Mm. And, and I think the scariest position to be in is a, a position where like you put up the guard, like there's certain guys that I know need help, but I'm actually, if I wouldn't, I'm actually kind of, un, I'm uncomfortable bringing it up to them because I don't know if they're going to like snap. Um, and I, I never want somebody to be afraid to say, Vinny's gone. Yeah. I hope, I hope he's, he's doing his own thing. I hope he finds his way back. Um, yeah. I want people to always know, no, man, we can go talk to Vince, man. He's, he, he'll be receptive to the feedback. I know it'll be hard, but he's a teachable guy. And I think you need to set your life up in a way where your brand, if you, your values, whatever you want to call it is congruent to growth. Yes. And that way, when you screw up, you can own it, which mm-hmm volumes to your audience and you don't put yourself up on a pedestal that says you don't screw up. Yeah. You no, know, we got this right. We got the science right. We don't, you know, and that just sets you up for failure. People no, can't, right. re- people can't relate to that anyways. It's not an attainable message. People can't relate to perfection. So, um, I think as long as you're always on a constant growth trajectory around people that are doing those things, if you're in a rough season, you'll come out of it and you're going to become better for it. And you have to look at it as a positive. I bet you've connected with so many more people now since sharing this story that were like, I thought I was all by myself. You know, that's, that's the thing about vulnerability. And I appreciate you sharing that because it's like when we see displays of courage and vulnerability, we're fascinated by it. I, I am like, wow, this person really shared this. This is amazing. I feel so much more closer to them, connected with them. I thought they had their shit together and they never make mistakes. They never fail. I'm relating. I'm connecting. 
But then when it comes to our vulnerability, it's the scariest thing in the world, you know, because I literally, I wrote this post out months ago and I'm like, shit, are people going to judge me? They're going to think that I'm, I'm unhappy. And, you know, it was, I was so scared to put it out there. But the moment I did, I'm like, I'm now I see why it connect with so many people. Yeah. You have to have those stories, man, because I feel like one of my, um, you've got to have an attainability component in your business. Like, you know, people have to feel like you're in reach. Um, you know, if I've got two cars, I'll likely be more, you know, I'll track the guy who's got one car. You know, if my house is 8,000 square feet, I'll likely attract the guy that's got a house that's 4,000 square feet. Um, for me, I'll likely reach out to the guy that's got three cars because I've got two. You know what I'm saying? So I think, I think it's, yeah, I think it's important to um, just understand that your stories are going to really resonate to people that are just a little behind you. And that's why you want to see them as a good thing because people will be able to connect with you on a realistic level. And that's essentially also how you find your dream clients. That's how you find your dream audience. They're just a little behind you. Like if you come to uh, one of our events, you're going to see a lot of guys who are in their 20, mid 20s to mid 30s who are um, a lot of family guys, a lot of guys who are, you know, who are just basically a few years behind me. They're like literally living the same life I was just a couple of years ago. And then you embrace that and you realize that's not a weakness, that's your strength. Yes. Um, and you, and you play that up. You know, I tell people, I, I can't help you go to eight figures a year. Uh, we're moving in that direction, but I haven't done that yet, but I can definitely help you get to this mark. Cause we've been over this mark for eight years and I've helped a dozen guys do it as well. And I think just really understanding, having self-awareness of what your strengths are and just really doubling down on what you've achieved um, is going to attract the right people into your world. And um, they're going to also become great students because they're going to take massive action because they believe it's possible for them as well because they're like, he's not that far ahead of me. I can get there. I can get there. Um, having the Ty Lopez house and the Ty Lopez lifestyle, is, is it's almost like I almost wouldn't join his mastermind just because it feels like it's almost too much of a stretch, although I'm sure it would be an insane experience and I would learn a load. It's almost like you're looking at the guys that are just a little further ahead. And I'm, what I'm trying to say is that people need to uh, promote attainability and promote where they are right now and not see where they're at right now as a weakness. It's a strength. Being in college or being, you know, having an online business and being an early you know, kid in college, your strength is catering to all the other guys in college. Don't worry about the guys who are smarter way ahead of you. Those guys can't even relate to those guys anyways. That's a great and, point. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how I went down that tangent, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's a great tangent. It actually leads me to uh, my next question because, you know, we've been in this game for, for many years and uh, acquired so much knowledge and experience. And I, I feel that my listeners, especially – listening to you, hearing your philosophy, would get a lot of this question. But if you were to start from scratch, right now in this day and age, 2019, mm. everything you know since 2006, how would you go about it differently? It's a good question. Um, I would definitely commit to paid advertising far sooner. I would definitely 
I would, I would, I would bet heavily on spending more money to get more attention. Wow. Uh, I've always been kind of just scared of like, you know, I've kind of had that mentality of let's build a huge business while staying under the radar. And that's like trying to build muscle and lose fat at the same time. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's physiologically impossible unless you're on steroids. Yes. So, uh, AKA in business cheating. <laughs> so, um, in business, I wish I had done, um, I wish I've been much more aggressive about acquiring my own customers via paid sources and learning paid traffic via just utilizing affiliates. I'm not, I wouldn't have not done that. I just wish I'd done the other as well. And I think, um, I, I'm a tolerator. I don't know if it's because I'm a nice guy. Uh, I don't know if it's cause I'm weak. Uh, if I'm just a bit of a pushover, if it's because I, I try to avoid confrontation, but I've had to get around some tough guys this past year who don't screw around. You know, they don't have to around, you know, they're, they're, they mean business. And if someone's not performing, they, they fire them. They, you know, they blast them. <laughs> Cardone says they blast them. You got to blast somebody every once in a while. Yeah. So I've tolerated um, underperformance oh. because I'm like, you know, that's probably been a, 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 a potential. I, yeah, and I and I tol- I'm a tolerator, and one of the things I, I also wish I'd done better is not taking shortcuts in terms of hiring. You know, I'm not the guy that hires slow. I'm the guy that hires fast. You know, if if I found out you were a Facebook ads guy, I'm like, hey, do you want to start tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> I put band aids on stuff. Oh, okay. And sometimes I run a little too fast. Where you know what? I need to interview five guys. I've got to vet them. I've got to first get them to come in in my account, have them, you know, do an audit. Let's see what these guys discover. So the entire realm of team building and going slower and bringing on the right people to get the job done the first time, I've probably wasted, like, that's been a big culprit for me. And uh, I need to fix that to get to the next level. That's powerful. No, thank you for sharing that. I think someone who's listening right now, understanding the importance of paid traffic. I agree getting into it. Um, what about you? I want to hear what would you do uh, starting out fresh today? Some, just maybe some big, bigger, bigger, yeah, anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Like I, I, I was never like a big affiliate guy and I, I definitely, you know, hesitated a bit long into paid traffic, but I feel like a majority of my business was built on understanding Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads, spending more into it and understanding it doesn't always have to be an ROI. It could be long-term awareness, building right. a long-term business, you know? Um, of course, the, uh, the, 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 the hiring a mentor, because even though I know everything I know now, I would invest most of my profits into my education, mm. reinvest, because um, I, I work best in a mastermind, having a coach, having direction, because I get in my head, I get into analysis paralysis, I get comfortable. And when I'm around hungry lions, who are a few yeah. steps ahead of me. I'm, I'm growing up to them. You know, I want to be the dumbest person in the room. So. <laughs> who are some of your guys? Who, who, what co- uh, programs have you been in? Yes. Yeah, great question. So the first coach I ever worked with was Chris McCombs. Oh, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He taught me a lot. And um, I, I, I understood so much just about blogging and copywriting and just being uh, persuasive. Then I worked with seven-figure Sam Bakhtiar. Okay. He, uh, doing very intimate coaching 
that also put me on the right path. I mean, he's, he's a workhorse. He's still killing it to this day. And then um, after the two gentlemen in the fitness industry, I then went off into uh, just general marketing. I joined uh, Joe Polish's 25K group. Oh, cool. You're a part of Joe Polish. Nice. Yeah, that was a big breakthrough. And um, oh. that was more about the networking. And we'll tell you about Joe Polish's 25K group. You know, you have to pay 25000 a year. And it's a million dollars of income. But a million dollars is like the lowest on the totem pole because there's people in there that are doing uh, 10 million, 100 million, there's a few billionaires in the group. And that, that, the perspective, there, there's mm-hmm. something energetically when you're around someone who's earning 10 times more than you, if mm-hmm. you're having a conversation over beer, something shifts. You're like, this guy's mm-hmm. no smarter than me. He's no <laughs> more talented. Why am I not at this level, you know? That's hilarious, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I think that we all had that moment where uh, we go to a seminar and the first seminar we go to, it's like these, these people that we watch online have like superpowers, you know, they're, whoa, it's so crazy. And then there's a there's certain point that happens that when you go to a seminar and you're like, I could do this. Why am I not up there? What the hell? And it's that, that term, you know, work so hard until your idols become rivals. Not in a negative competitive sense, but you're so good at what you do that this person that you idolize as your mentor, you're at the same level as that. I love it. Yeah, that, that's uh, no, fantastic stuff. It is, it is, it's funny because uh, you start to kind of develop, you start to get to know their quirks too. And you start to see like, how the heck is this guy killing it? And it almost like, it's almost a bit of a jab. <laughs> I'm like, this guy, this guy can get his SHIT together. Um, and, and then it, it's just like, that you need to be around, you got to have that competitiveness. You got to be around the guys, you know, I even, you know, have fun with it at our masterminds. You know, some of the guys that come in who are big and jacked are struggling to get their, their things going. And I'll point out, you know, little so-and-so over there is crushing you, man. This guy got his product off the ground, already making sales in three months. And then the, and then the other guys like this freaking guy, are you kidding me? This guy's beating me. And then you're like, oh, so yeah, you got to have that competitive environment where there's more at stake than just your money. Yes. You're, you're, you've got to get your word, you know, your reputation on the line, right? It's one thing to join a program be like, oh, you got to get some money in the game. That's, it's great, man. You got to get some money in. But really, we live in Canada, North America. If, if you, even if you lost all the money, you didn't get anything from the coaching program, what's the bigger cost? joining a coaching program and then flaking out mm. you're a flake yeah now you've got a reputation as a fanboy you let people down you know and, and people just they're like oh that guy yeah he says he wants to build a business he's he's been at the same level for six years he's he's whatever yeah i don't want that reputation so yeah. when you get it you know when you're in that room don't you feel like i want these guys to take me seriously yeah, I mean, it's the best feeling to, to see, you know, hey, have you heard about Vince lately? He's killing it. He's innovating. He's grown. He's doing so many big things, you know? And that's, that's the reputation you want to have, to always be on top of your game, always helping more people, adding new skill sets, expanding. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to hear, oh, you know, you heard about Vince, so he's not doing so good. You know, he's actually been, you know, shutting down a lot of his programs, he's not running ads. He's... Yeah. And hyper you know what I mean? It's like that's not what people are saying, though, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you see, you just grabbed my attention. Who said that? 
<laughs> well, this is hypothetical, right? <laughs> but, but yeah, it doesn't feel good even if it is hypothetical. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know, we're achievers, you know, and yeah. at the same time, we, we lead by example. And when you have people that follow you, they look up to you, you, you don't want to let them down. Let, let me ask you a fun question I always ask on my podcast. Um, what's one thing not going well for you these days? Where do you need an ass kicking? I guess an area where you have expertise, Vinny. I don't want, yeah, I'm not, I'm not asking you to set me up. I'm just curious. No, no, this is um, a great thing because I really have been making a lot of shifts in myself and I see my next endeavor is being a family man. You know, I've accomplished a lot of things on a financial and career level, but I'm ready for fatherhood. So I need to ask kicking in the relationship department to be quite honest. You know, I really admire you for what you've built because you've built a very successful, high integrity business. You're changing a lot of lives, but you're also balancing that with having a very healthy family, beautiful family, mm-hmm. children, being a father. And I really commend you on that. And it's very inspiring for a guy like me. Thanks, man. You know, my best piece of advice is just hang out with more family men. It's tough. You're a single guy. Are you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's tough, man. You know, I remember. Yeah, it's just you know, I had my father. I saw what he, you know, he, he created and the relationship he has with my mom and uh, and the relationship he has with me and his and his sons and uh, put a lot of work into it. You know, he always kids around. You think you guys just came out with a lot of prayer? We put in a ton of work too. You know, <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just really committing to. Uh, you know, you're doing the right stuff, man. I think, I think a big thing for you is just environment. You know, I wasted way too many years. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I always say I had to get it out of my system to go to the bars and that. But what I found was it's the complete opposite. You don't get it out of your system. You actually put it in and lock it in your system. Can you, can you elaborate on that, please? So people think that, you know, let's just use the single life in terms of dating a lot of girls as, you know, it's a phase of your life. It's just something you got to get out of your system. It's something you've got to experience. You've got to just try it. But what happens is you create a lot of habits and what happens is you start playing life. Mm. Dating the girl is not, you know, dating the playing the field is not preparing you for what it's going to take to be a real family man. Because once you get married, you know, you've got to work stuff out. You know, you gotta, you've got to now work through things. So I really encourage guys to just not focus on finding the right girl, but to focus on becoming the right man. And when you put all your time and effort into becoming a better man, you know, instead of going out tonight and, you know, I'm not talking about not going out, having fun and here or there, but you really have to ensure that um, you're not like, taking away from opportunities to improve yourself because when you, if you want to marry a 10 out of 10, you've got to become a 10 out of 10 Great. because a, a perfect 10 is not marrying a nine out of 10. So, yeah. so yeah. I think just putting yourself in those environments where, um, you know, there's women that respect themselves. It's so hard to find a woman that respects herself enough to, you know, say no and say, no, you're not getting your hands down my pants tonight. If that, I'm not, that's, if that's what you're looking for, I'm out. So it's like really treating woman in the same way that you would treat 
daughter. That you would want that you would yeah, and that you would want other guys say to treat your sister on a date. Yeah, you know? no, that's, that's yeah, it's coming up a lot in hundred percent. And I think if you can just start being more and more like that man, woman will recognize it and they'll quickly realize this guy, you know, he's got more to him because uh yeah, girls are afraid to get hurt. So I think just being in the right environments and being around more and more family men, it'll naturally happen over time. And like the old cliche is, you'll know when you know. Yes. No, that's a great tip. And I appreciate that because that's something that uh, I had for a while. You know, you have the, the, the list of what you want in a potential mate. But of course, I've been realizing that I'm not the potential mate. So I've been working on those areas that I need to become that man to deserve that level of relationship. Yeah. You're and right you, about the whole, you, know. you, you, you have to do things differently. Like when you, when you see the girl that you feel like this is, this is the wife, this is the wife material. You can't treat her like the girlfriend. Like you have to operate at a completely different level. Like you have to treat her with like a whole nother level of respect. You've got to, you, know, you just, you have to, um, how did it work with, with, with Flavia? So, so when I met Flavia, uh, I'll give you just to finish up with the story here is previous girls I'd gone out with always wanted to know my past. And I, I was doing a lot of dating. Um, I wasn't living out my faith between my the age of 26 and 29. <laughs> I was making a lot of money and I was taking advantage of it. And, uh, so I was developing a bit of a bad reputation amongst the, you know, the, not the best circle of, of party buddies that you could hang out with. And when I was going out with girls, they'd want to know, you know, they would want to know details about your past and it would quickly just like turn into drama. And I'm like, why are we talking about my past? All right. When I met Flavia, we made a rule and she did not want to know anything about my past. And to this day, she doesn't know anything about my past. And when I never met a girl with that much confidence in herself and that much, she just said, why do I need to know about your past? Most girls would say, well, I need to protect myself. Yeah. But I saw it. She made herself so vulnerable, so vulnerable that she realized that uh, she gave me a chance to become the man that I wanted to become. And I rose up. Mm. I rose up. Because I'm like, I do not want to take this precious, fragile ball and break it into a million pieces. And she gave me that chance. And that was one of the things. I've never met a courageous girl like that either. And uh, I wanted to then become the guy that I knew I was meant to be and I could be. But she gave me that shot. And I'm like, I'm not screwing this up. And then I started, be, and, I, and I was a different version of Vince when I was with her than I was with the other girls. And um, so I think there's a couple of pieces there. You know, I think uh, when you meet a new person, a big thing is to really see if you have something based on you and her, exclusive of any drama, history, because you have to figure out if the future is right for both of you. All right. So I really like would, I always challenge guys when you go out, Really try and figure out if you just have something, you and her, like you have common ground, common interests, you know, you can, you guys just laugh about like stupid stuff, fun stuff, or do you have to make your conversation around, you know, Hey, I noticed you did this on your Instagram page the other day. Like, is that, like, what are we, where are we going? Like, 
Next thing you know, you're like, what we, we've been only, you know, we've known each other for one day. Like, let's, can we try and just to get to know each other and see if we're going in the same direction? I like to use the analogy of a race. Are we in the same race? Are we running to the same destination? Are we going at the same pace? Would we be good partners to complete this race together? And that's kind of like the mindset. And if you start to see, yeah, we're both going in the same direction. Uh, I think the big thing for with Flav and I was that we had independent lives and we both realized that I didn't need her and she didn't need me. And when we both like recognize that my life will be fine without her and her life will be fine without me, that's when we really became attracted because we're like, hey, we're doing, we have the same values. We want the same things. We're going the same direction. We'd make a killer team. Let's, let's team up and make the dream. Let's, let's form the dream team. Team Del Monte, let's do it. So I think you're looking for a teammate, uh, not just someone who you love, but somebody who can be your friend. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's, easy to, it's easy to divorce your spouse. It's hard to divorce your best friend. Wow. Write that down. <laughs> yeah. My dad gave my brother that advice at his wedding. I pulled that right out of the ceremony. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a best friend, right? Um, Because friends are way harder to find than lovers. Yes. Now this is this is profound wisdom, and I'm realizing that you know we're we're going on and on. We could flow for another hour. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Of course, for all the listeners, I want to just close things off with a question to ask my podcast guest. This is my final question, and I'll ask you, Vince. Right now, you are at the end of your career. Let's say we are in a place where we're setting up a retirement for you, mm. and you've lived such a rich, profound, giving life. You've contributed so much to the industry, but we've all chipped in to create a giant billboard in the middle of Manhattan Times Square for you. This billboard will be up there for the next hundred years, for a century, and you get to have one sentence for all the world to see. Billions of people will see this one sentence. Mm. What would you put on that billboard, Vince? Fear is the path to freedom. Fear is the path to freedom. Why is that? Because it's our, it's our fears that are preventing us from growing, right? And uh, once you face your fears... Once you confront your fears, you'll be able to conquer them, right? So you can't conquer what you don't confront. Mm. And if you're not conquering things, you're not leaving your comfort zone. And if you're not leaving your comfort zone, you're never going to fulfill your calling. Wow. That is so powerful. And uh, what came up for me was uh, Joseph Campbell's great quote. He says that, you know, the cave you fear holds the treasure you seek. And quote mm. is so aligned with even myself. But to look at the the biggest breakthroughs I had was because I faced something that scared the shit out of me. Yeah, it's it's exciting. It's exciting. It's fun to do it with other people too. It's fun to know that we're going through the same kind of battles and different uh, challenges, and we can fight them together. I think that's what gets most exciting when uh, we start helping each other win these battles and and then coming to bigger battles. And I think that's the big thing, you know, the goal in life isn't to just overcome your fears, but to replace your fears with bigger fears. Mm. Right. I want I, I, the fear, the things I'm afraid of right now are so petty. It, it's like, I'm afraid of, you know, like you got to graduate from like, if the biggest thing you're fearful of is paying your bills, it's like, it's not really a, 
a big enough dream. <laughs> so the goal is not to get rid of your fears. You know, your goal is to replace those fears with bigger fears that create new problems, that create new opportunities that serve more people. So just having that perspective that fears aren't going away. They're just going to get different. Trading them for bigger fears. I thought about just the fear yeah. of doing the first video compared to speaking in front of a 500 person audience, you know, yeah. new level, new devil. Yeah. New levels bring new devils. There you go. TD, TD Bishop Jakes. I heard him say that new levels bring new devils. I love that. Wow. That's a great quotes. Yeah. Uh, great. Dude, we're like, the, we're like the quote masters here. Right? <laughs> oh, we should give a gift to somebody who could, uh, you know, go run them all through and put them into a PDF or something. Yeah. No, this is a, such a huh. great interview and I'm so grateful for you for just sharing so much value, giving so much at, you know, I got a lot of shifts myself. I got a page for yeah. notes just from the inside. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, me too. I was taking notes too, man. I would love to uh, find out what your event calendar is looking like. And uh, we definitely need to cross paths again in the near future and, and uh, yeah, continue to link up and stuff. Yeah. But, um, just thank you so much to, uh, you know, for coming on the Vince Del Monte podcast as well. And uh, where can guys find out about um, what's the best place for people to connect with you and to get plugged into what you're doing? Yes. Best place is my website, onlinesupercoach.com, and everything's on there from my seminars to my programs and all my social media connections. Oh, great, man. And um, what about Instagram? Where can people find you on Instagram? Well, my name is my social media account on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, everything. It is AJ Mirzad, M-I-H-R-Z-A-D. Awesome. We'll put it all in the show notes on our end for you. Likewise, and where can people go to find out more about Vince? I don't know if my website will be, it should be live, but the new one hasn't been updated like in literally six or seven years. VinceDelMoneyFitness.com should be our new modern, you know, business, fitness, brand website. Okay. Uh, the fastest way to get a response from me, to connect with me is Instagram. Just send me a DM, Vince Del Monte. And your Instagram is lit. I follow you and man, you're adding a lot of value on that. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to get things ramped up there. Yeah, it's, uh, there's, there's some intent, but we've got a long ways to go. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So I'm going to add all the links and the show notes on the blog along with the summary. Thank you, Vince, for being on my show. I really appreciate you. Yeah, man. You too, AJ. This has been awesome. Hey, hey, hey. If you're an entrepreneur and you are ready, to take your online business to the next level and you want to jump on a quick call with me or one of my seven-figure coaches to map out your path to seven figures, then go to my Instagram at Vince Del Monte and just shoot me a quick DM and we'll jump on a call. We'll see where you're at, where you want to go. We'll figure out your millionaire math, your millionaire path, and we'll see if you're a good fit for a seven-figure mastermind. That's our 12-month coaching program where we hold you by the hand and take you every step of the way to the next level of profits and impact. Look forward to talking to you.